What I want to talk about is the gospel reading today. It's what's known as the Sermon on the Plain as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount. And you have not only blessings, but you have woes. And specifically, I want to talk to you about giving. There's a bunch of things in there, but he talks primarily about giving, and that's what I want to talk about. He starts off with, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And then in verse 24, he says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. I will suggest to you that the Bible does not preach poverty. So it is not necessarily a good thing to be poor, but nor is it a bad thing. What I'm suggesting is that Yeshua is acting as an Old Testament prophet here. And what he's doing is he's talking to an Israel that is about to go into exile, much in the same way that Isaiah did and Jeremiah did and so forth. So what he's saying to the poor is, don't worry that you are poor because you have a place in God's kingdom and God's economy. The fact that you're poor doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And what he's saying to the rich is very much the same thing that Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel said to the rich, you people are fat and happy and comfortable and you haven't used your wealth in ways that are pleasing to me. So he's not saying just because you've got money you're cursed. What he's saying is in these circumstances at this place, you guys are about to go into exile and one of the reasons you're going into exile is because the wealthy do not use their wealth in ways that are pleasing to God. And if you don't understand the circumstances, you can get into all sorts of stuff where rich people are evil and poor people are virtuous and and on and on and on. That's not what's being said here. He's comforting the poor, saying, just because you're poor doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. You have a place in the kingdom. And you rich folks, you're not doing with your wealth what I want you to do. One of the things that God does in the Torah is he uses wealth to motivate us. So if you go to Deuteronomy 28, if you pick it up in about verse 11, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands, and you will lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. So the idea here is he's motivating the nation Israel by saying, if you guys do what I tell you to do, I'm going to bless your socks off. That's a motivation. People care about that stuff. And what Yeshua is saying is, how about you people in the nation Israel who are poor? What about you? Does that mean that God's mad at you? No. 28 is talking to the nation. Yeshua is talking to individuals. So the fact that the nation is blessed does not mean that within the nation there are not going to be poor people. Because if there are no poor people, the rich have nobody to give to. Within the nation there is going to be a strata of economics and wealth then becomes a test and a training ground. And it's a test and a training ground for both the poor and the rich. Everybody cares about wealth. Anybody here doesn't care about wealth? Anybody here who doesn't think, gee, I could really do great things if I had more money? Or, man, what's the matter with me that I'm so poor right now? Is God, does God, I mean, you've all been through that, right? I've been in both places. 
and you know when you're sort of down and you don't have anything and you're really grumpy and you say God don't you love me and what Yeshua is saying yeah I love you but your duty right now is to be the poor guy that the rich guy can give to now everybody wants to be the rich guy that gives to the poor guy but it doesn't work that way so what I'm going to suggest to you is that wealth, money, whatever is a vehicle and it's a vehicle for God to train you Oh, one other thing. There's a contradiction in the gospel reading. Now, I want to read this to you, and I want you to think of it. It's down in Luke 6, 34. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good. And lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Does everybody see the contradiction there? What he's saying is, I will expect you to lend expecting nothing in return, but when you do that, you can expect a reward. Well, wait a minute. If I'm lending expecting a reward, how can I lend expecting nothing in return? There's a proverb which says, money given to the poor is lent to the Lord, he will repay. Probably in Proverbs 7, most of the good ones are. I don't remember precisely where it is. There's three persons involved in a transaction like that. There's the person lending, there's the person receiving, and there's God. What it's saying is, if you are the person lending, do not necessarily expect that you will receive the loan back from the person you are giving to. However, there's a third person in this transaction, and that's God. And what God says is, you will receive a great reward if you give, not necessarily expecting a return from the one you gave it to. And, oh, by the way, that goes back to what Yeshua says about the woes to the rich. Because... What he's talking about is the year of release. Everybody remember in the Torah that every seven years, debts are canceled. And so if somebody comes to you asking for a loan and you are in year six and a half of the seven-year period, and you know that this guy, if he needs a loan, is probably not going to be able to earn enough to pay you back in the next six months, what the Torah says is you've got to make the loan anyway even though you know what it's going to wind up being is a gift. And what happens over and over and over again in the prophets and in today's reading from Yeshua is the rich people give, but they don't do the release part. So when he says, woe to you rich people, what he's talking about is you guys aren't using wealth the way I expect you to use it. You're not giving with no expectation that you will perhaps be repaid and you are not honoring the year of release. And we see that in the prophets. So that's what's going on here as he's talking about this. But what I want to talk about is how does wealth train you? There's two words I'm going to use. Testing and training. Testing has sort of a negative connotation. I mean, how many of you go into your finals when you were in college? Joyfully wonderful, I'm about to be tested. Isn't this a great day? (laughs) Anybody go into a test like that? No, you sort of 
your stomach's a little bit tight, you're wondering if you're going to measure up, um, you know, maybe this isn't going to be such a good day, and you know, I may choke, all, any of those kinds of things. So testing in that sense has a negative connotation. But what I will suggest is that before testing must come training. It doesn't do any good to test somebody who is untrained. So the idea that you will be tested in your use of the resources that God gives you is in fact absolutely true and absolutely biblical. There's no question about that. But the other half of that is that the wealth and the resources that God gives you are a vehicle to train you. So it is not just the case that he's going to dump a million dollars on you and then watch you and say, all right, now what are you going to do with this now in the next 20 minutes? Because if you don't do it, you fail the test. The point is, God will give you training. Now, one of the things I hear from people all the time is if I had more money, I'd give more. I'll start giving when I have enough. Have you ever heard that? And so the question becomes, in your state, what are you doing with what you have now? So if you're saying, I don't have enough, I will suggest God will look at you and say, well, if you're not using the little that you have in ways that are pleasing to me, why would I trust you with more? And the Torah gives you guidelines for healthy giving. Now, there's two kinds of giving. One is nedevut, and the other is zadakah. And the difference between those two types of giving is zadakah is commanded. So God says, you tithe. That's not the kind of giving I want to talk about. Now, for those of you who aren't tithing, you should be. And as we say all the time, if you tithe here, praise God, we're delighted to have your tithe. If you tithe somewhere else, praise God, I'm sure the ministry you tithe into is delighted to have your tithe. But you've got to tithe. Wherever you decide to do that, that's commanded. What I'm talking now about is generosity. And that's a different concept. So the first thing that God trains you with giving is obedience. Are you going to obey him with the resources that you are given? And that's where zadakah comes in. There are certain things that you are commanded to give. Are you obeying? And I very much delight when we see change in the Zotica box because I know some kid has put it in there which means that that child is being trained by his parents that part of all of the abundance that he gets isn't his, it belongs to God and so that child is being trained and one hopes then as the child grows up and as he gets more resources there will be more resources in the box for whatever that's worth but the point is He's trained into obedience. So the first training thing that God gives is he says, all right, 10% off the top belongs to me. Are you going to obey? And you get to choose whether you're going to obey or not. And oh, by the way, he says that if you do obey me, I will bless you. So there's some incentive there. But the point is, understand that it's part of your training. The next thing is what I would call power or ego and it can be either one one of the things that we do as people is we keep score with money and possessions I have a nicer house than you do and I can drive a better car than you can drive and I can dress better than you can that's ego 
And so what you're doing is you're using the money or the resources that God gives you in order to build yourself up. And oh, by the way, part of that is you may use it in order to exercise unwholesome power over other people. That's a test. Now, don't get me wrong. Using money to exercise power is not necessarily wrong. So, for example, did everybody enjoy the lights that we switched on today? I will tell you that people have invested a great deal of money in the generators and the power grid and all that stuff. So it takes a lot of money to bring you electricity. And the fact that somebody set up a company and hired employees and told them what to do in order to build the dams and the generators and the power plants and and run all, that's not a bad thing. So the fact that money gives you power is not necessarily bad. Because if you didn't exercise the power that money gives you, you wouldn't be able to hire people to work your farm. You wouldn't be able to start a business. You wouldn't be able to do all sorts of things if you didn't exercise the power that money gives you. The question is, are you using that power in ways that are pleasing to God? Or are you using that power to feed your ego? Look at me. I am really, really powerful and wealthy, and I can make you folks do whatever I want to do simply because I have so much power. That's not good. We need to get together and we need to build a dam so we can irrigate our crops. And I'm hiring a bunch of you folks and I expect you to be on the end of your shovel every day building that dam. That is not bad. And again, that's why it's a test. is because it can go either way. If it couldn't go either way, it wouldn't be a test. It wouldn't be training. And so as you go through using the resources that God has given you, Watch what your ego is doing with those resources. Watch what your attitude is. Am I amassing wealth in order to feed my ego, or am I amassing wealth in order to take care of my family, myself, and to build something that will benefit other people? Which way am I doing it? And again, that's part of the training ground that wealth provides. Now, the last thing that he's training is he's training your heart. Now, there's a Hebrew phrase in Musar, which I really like to say. It's called Timtum Halev. Timtum Halev means a stopped-up heart. And the way God designed you is in his own image. Let me go beyond today's reading to the next paragraph, because it's important to what I want to say. So let me pick it up at 34, which I read to you a minute ago, and I'm going to go all the way then to 38. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So God is kind to those who don't pay Him back and are not grateful. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
The whole point here is everything refers back to the character of God. God is someone who treats people who treat him shabbily, kindly. God is someone who gives to those who do not deserve it. God has an open and flowing heart. You're in the image of God. If you don't have an open and flowing heart, there is something defective in that image. And that's what Tim Tumhalev talks about. It talks about having a stopped up heart. A heart that's got a blockage, like being constipated. Everybody knows what that kind of a blockage is and how unpleasant it is, right? It's the same thing with your heart. I'm not just talking money here. I'm talking about everything. If you're not giving and your heart is stopped up, it is not quite as painful as the other end being stopped up, but it is more damaging to you because you're in the image of God. Now, one of the things that I have always have people ask, and every preacher that ever says it has people ask, well, gee, I don't have any money. What if I give of my time and so forth? Of course you can give of your time. But a gift that you give is seed. And what you want to do is you want to plant the kind of seed for the crop that you want to reap. So if you need more time, the thing that you ought to be giving is time. If you need more money, then the thing you ought to be giving is money. Because you're planting a seed. And if you go out and you plant cucumbers expecting to reap soybeans you're really going to be disappointed because the seed determines what the crop is. So plant what you want to reap. The thing that you're short of and you really want more of for some reason, that's what you ought to be planting. God is really simple. I mean, God's not simple. We're simple and God speaks to us in simple terms. You should be able to understand that. Now, it's really a difficult, difficult thing to do. Because you're sitting there wondering how you're going to pay the gas bill. And I'm saying, well, the thing that you need to do is you need to plant seeds for the crop you're hoping to get. But, 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 I really need to eat that corn. Well, if you eat the corn, you won't have a crop next time. You understand the problem. Everybody's been through this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But what I am telling you is, You are made in the image of God. God has an open and flowing heart. So use the resources that he gives you to train your own heart to be open and flowing. And the only way you can do that is by doing it. You can't say, "Ah, I really want an open and flowing heart. Well, that's entertaining. What are you doing to make it open and flowing? In order to be a football player, you have to to run the drills. You can't just show up on game day having prayed about being a football player and say, I'm ready to go, coach. Well, no, you're not. Because you haven't done the training. You haven't practiced. You haven't thrown the passes. You haven't blocked. You haven't run. You haven't done any of those things. And it's the same with an open and flowing heart. If you don't Practice, even when you don't want to, you will never develop an open and flowing heart and you will be stopped up. And you don't want to be that way. So, you're all in the image of God. Go out and act like it. Please consider becoming a sponsor. Please visit crimsonthread.com slash purpose 
for an explanation of what we're doing and perhaps to become a sponsor. Thank you.